Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-917-2194 That's 800-917-2194 Hi, this is Anson Williams and you're listening to the amazing TV Confidential Like sands through the hourglass so are the days of our lives Ed Robertson welcoming you to hour number two of TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that this hour will be paying tribute to Days of Our Lives, the long-running and the award-winning daytime drama that celebrates its 45th anniversary on television today, Monday, November 8th. Tony Figueroa is here with me this hour, as is a very special guest that Tony is about to introduce. Tony? It's the summer of 1983. I was home from school, but Mom was doing some volunteer work in the afternoons, meaning she would be missing Days of Our Lives. So she asked me to watch the show for her and tell her what happened. Now, remember back uh, then, uh, VCRs were not a staple in, in American households. They were uh, an oddity, a rarity. And uh, the chore seemed simple enough. I would come home to tell her that uh, there was this guy with a beard that would ride a motorcycle, and he had the hots for this girl, uh, brunette, very well endowed, but I didn't use that verbiage. Every um, Everybody in the town of Salem was talking about a guy, I think his name was Cyrano, and, and uh, he allegedly died, but people are wondering if that actually happened. And then uh, by the end of the summer, I would report to Mother saying, you know, well, Bo just expressed his feelings towards hope, and it appears that Stefano was not really dead, and he's pulling the strings around some sort of serial killer storyline. And, and uh, by the end of the summer, I was hooked on Days of Our Lives. Now, as a young man, I was never insecure about my manhood, letting people know that I was a soap opera fan, thanks to Tommy Lasorda, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, because he actually was on TV saying that he hated away games because it would cause him to miss days of our lives. In college, I bought my first VCR before I bought my first textbook, so I would not miss the show. And then when I was working as a Universal Studios tour guide, I met a co-worker who had a reoccurring role on the show as a nurse. I used Days of Our Lives as my icebreaker, and long story short, I married the woman. We have been married now for 17 and a half years. Every Wednesday, I produce a storytelling group called Story Salon in Los Angeles, and one of our storytellers is an actress named Marsha Clark, who plays the no-nonsense judge Karen Fitzpatrick on Days of Our Lives, I started talking to her about the more recent serial killer storyline where half the people in the town of Salem was murdered by Dr. Marlena Evans, allegedly. 
And uh, I think the first impression was, let's not make eye contact with this guy. He's probably nuts. But we became good friends afterwards. So I have been a loyal fan of the show for now 27 years. Bowen Hope's marriage is on the rocks. Stefano is alive and well. And I have the great honor of introducing the man who is now the caretaker, or has been the caretaker of the hourglass since 1987, and the author of Days of Our Lives, the true story of one family's dream, and the untold story of Days of Our Lives, Mr. Ken Corday. Welcome to TV Confidential, sir. Thank you. And what a marvelous introduction. I, I can't top that. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciated. I actually told that story at Story Salon, our storytelling group, and a lot of young guys came up to me and said, that was my household chore, too, before we got the VCR. Well, you know, you're in the world of many. And at that time, the mid-'80s, early-'80s, when the show when soap operas actually became an accepted phenomenon from the cover of Time magazine in the late 70s to the Which version Bill of... Hayes and Susan Seaforth, right? Yeah, it was Susan Seaforth and Bill Hayes, right? The only soap opera to ever be on the cover of Time magazine. But to the point, I, I remember, because I was coming out of college at that time, there were many students that would have their boyfriends or girlfriends watch the show while they were in class so they could report back what happened or would bring their class schedule around... Uh, around the show. So, and to your other point, the more interesting one is the fact that, yes, Bowen Hope's marriage is on the rocks, as it was the time you were watching their courtship was on the rocks, because there's this evil Stefano Tamira lurking in the background then, and he still lurks and does his nefarious things, and, and we all know that Bowen Hope will get back together. And that, you know, it's the recipe for success on the show is the redemptive power of love, and how he will save her from herself, or she initially saved him from his rep self. Uh, some things don't change at, at 25 years later. And 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 Ken, this is it. I, um, if, if I may, I would I, I would like to think that another vital part of the recipe as a success is the fact that you know you you and your family have been able to reinvent the show, keep it fresh, you know, 45 years, so that it, it appeals not only to male female demographics, but also more than one generation. Right. Ed, you know, you use the word reinvent the show, and uh, that's a slippery word because we have to do it. We have to, I, I wouldn't say reinvent. You never reinvent a, a success formula, reinvent the wheel, so to speak. But we have to, as I say in the book, water the tree or rewater the tree of the generations and sail new characters with you know, the next generation and the generation after that. And, you know, it's funny that your mother asked you to watch, and it was perhaps her mother that had initially started watching, and now I don't know if your wife or your children are looking at the show, but, you know, we're into four generations now. And it's phenomenal to see how those who were raised around it, whether it was, you know, crawling around the living room while mom watched the show or, oh, this is my summer chore for mom, became very involved with the show. Well, I, I do have the show TiVoed. Uh, it is uh, it is a, a very important part of the end of my workday is to catch up on what's going on in Salem. We are talking to Ken Corday, executive producer of Days of Our Lives and the author of The Days of Our Lives, the true story of one family's dreams and the untold story of Days of Our Lives. We'll be right back.
since I, I mentioned my, my wife in the introduction, I, I spoke to her a little while ago. Uh, my wife is uh, Donna Allen, who is also a contributor on TV Confidential. Uh, her very first TV gig when she came to L.A. as a as a young actress was Days of Our Lives. Her very first scene was with Frances Reed. Wow. And uh, she speaks very fondly of Frances Reed and just what a, a wonderful, charming, talented woman that she was. And when I bring up McDonald Carey, since she played a nurse uh, in those late 80s, early 90s, she did more uh, scenes with Dr. Horton than uh, Mrs. Horton. Uh, and you know, I have to speak respectfully of the characters. Absolutely. I can't call them Tom and Alice for some reason. <laughs> I don't even call them Tom and Alice. But, but uh, I, I, for some reason, I feel awkward doing that. I have to. She she did more scenes with uh, with uh, with Doctor Tom Horton, and uh, the first time she worked. Still, you mentioned McDonald Carey, and she swoons. She has uh, such fond memories of working with him, and the main reason was because he made her feel so welcome. And the question she wanted me to ask was, what makes this particular set a nice place to work? Wow, what a wonderful question. Uh, it really does go back to Mac and Francis, as we call them, Tom and Alice. My father adored both of them, knew them before the show, before he created the show, he knew Francis a wonderful actress from Broadway, and who had recently moved to Los Angeles, and of course, McDonald Carey was, um, I would say, a pseudo-matinee idol, but, you know, a film star and stage star. And mother and father Horton, who set the imprimatur, sorry, the big word, signature for the show, um, were very much like my mother and father. They, my mother and father patterned uh, these characters after the love they had for each other, and, of course... We weren't as old as Mickey or um, or, or or Laura or Bill or, or Marie, but uh, to, to your point, what make, I think what makes it different, when you walk on the set at, at NBC, you, you get this warmth, whether it's in the makeup room, the costume room, or on the stages, or in the control room, that the, there's a good feeling. You're secure. Uh, this is a family. And I, I really have to give homage to my mother and father as I continually do through this book that they set the show up as a family-owned show. It still is owned by Corday, and uh, I guess that means me. And it's the only soap opera, one-hour soap opera, that's uh, family-owned. And it, because of that, because we care about each other, there's this certain embrace that the crew and the cast at all have for each other. Uh, we endure, and I believe that, going back to your original point, that Mac and Francis, parentheses, Tom and Alice, their spirits, and the spirits of my mother and father, and others who have been on the show and passed on, watch or protect us. And and uh, it's, it's very common to hear stories. I mentioned a few in the book about uh, people feeling that Francis and, and Mac are still there. We, you know, it's, It will be a year, February, since uh, Ms. Reed's passing. Uh, McDonald Carey passed away in 1999. Yet, you know, uh, their memories are, are are so clear still, as they as they were, of course, to your mother. And uh, mm -hmm. it's common to see people walk in the studio uh, with with them when they were alive or with characters today, and run up to them or or in the halls with them on the tour, NBC tour, and say, "Oh God, Bo, it's, it's so nice to see you. Hope you look so beautiful." There's no separation between character and actor, and you know it. Uh, I'm kind of hip-shotting around the point here, but 
uh, it really is about the audience's identification with the family, whether it's Brady's, Horton's, Hiss, the Demera, or the Kyriakis's that has kept the show uh, enduring and um, endearing to people. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.